Hello, this is Kat. This is Phoebe. We're Feminine Chaos. Hello. Feminine Chaos, are we Feminine Chaos Home Improvement Edition? Living large, living small, just living, honey. <laughs> <laughs> living it up, living and breathing, or else we wouldn't be podcasting. So can I tell you a story? I've been so excited to share this, not just with you, but with everyone. You know half this story already, um, but I wanted to wait until it was resolved to share, because I wanted to to have a happy ending, this story, you know? So I wanted to wait Mm -hmm. to share it on the podcast. Okay, so... um, we have been engaged in the addition of a second bathroom to our home, my husband and I, uh, as as you have also. We were partners, twins in uh, in bathroom renovation. So I got this door up, up to make into a pocket door for the bathroom. Um, and because we we're putting the bathroom, the little addition, in a place where there had previously been a window, and because the light in my house is very beautiful, I wanted to get a French door with like kind of those segmented panes to put as the pocket door into the bathroom. And the way that I was going to solve the problem of privacy, because obviously, you know, a glass door in a bathroom is a little bit of a choice, was to put privacy film on the glass. And you can get all kinds of cool privacy film, like it just, it's like static cling. So you just get it wet, then it sticks, you can get it on Amazon. It's not that expensive and it looks really nice. So I, I, put it in the pocket door. I designed the bathroom so that the toilet would be just inside the door. So you can't see the toilet. Like when you're walking through the adjacent room, it's completely hidden from view. And I was like there, you know, it's private. And then like with the the film on the door, like you won't be able to see anything. Okay. So fast forward to the bathroom being finished. I put the privacy film on. I go into the bathroom and I close the door and I shout to my husband like hey come come check it out you you can't see me <laughs> what you do in the privacy of your <laughs> yes go on um, I'm like look you know we have the privacy film on the door and from outside I hear him say I have bad news for you and I was like <laughs> oh dear so I came out he goes in he closes the door and you know fu- fully clothed not doing anything but he sits on the toilet at which point I realized my fatal error um when I was designing the bathroom, it did not occur to me that when a person sits on a toilet, they don't like sit all the way back straddling the <laughs> toilet like a horse. They sit forward on it like a chair, as in leaning directly into the doorway, which is to say that even with the privacy film, considering the juxtaposition of toilet and door, you could see everything. <laughs> and had a person been standing up to pee, it would be even worse because they would be literally silhouetted against the glass door. <laughs> Stop laughing. No, I'm just kidding. It is funny. Um, so basically, I had created a bathroom for exhibitionists. And I'm sorry. Yes. You even told me this before, and I'm still like, I can't handle it. <laughs> yes. I really can't handle it. Um, I've never felt more foolish in my life. You know, it was just like the best laid plans. I thought I was being so smart, which of course is the time at which I was the biggest idiot. But I like sat around racking my brains trying to figure out a solution and I finally did and not only did I figure out a solution it actually looks even better like this okay so can I can I do you want me to guess what it is or, or are you sure, just gonna tell me? sure I mean you can so I assume guess. you just had the door removed and just went with it you know like polyamory is the theme of this week's media cycle or, or last week's or whatever I've lost track Maybe exhibitionism is the hot new thing That's, amongst the amongst the coastal elites. Yes, I got rid of the door. I, yeah. I sold it, and then I bought 
a little placard for the yard that says, in this house, we believe in, <laughs> in pooping with the door open. <laughs> well, you know what? That is a sign up, I think, in every kindergarten across the land because they, they, yeah. they'd be doing that. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, um, yes. So what did you do? What I actually did is um, I, I'll probably post a picture of this in the show notes just so people can like congratulate me on what a genius I am. Um, mm-hmm. I So the bathroom is flanked on either side. The entrance is flanked on either side by two built-in bookshelves. And I was able to put a tension rod up in between those and then put a very fancy velvet curtain on one side that hangs down beside the door. <laughs> so now it looks kind of like a Victorian boudoir. But that sounds like it looks cool. But if yeah. somebody goes into the bathroom and they want the extra privacy, they can just pull this velvet curtain across <laughs> and then close the door. And what's nice is not only does the curtain obscure the doorway completely, you cannot see what's happening behind it, but it also muffles sound just in case, you know, you want to like sing in there. Can I just... I think as it from a design perspective, I applaud your ingenuity, but I have a from a sort of day to day like I don't know how to put this. You're if you go to the bathroom and you do all of these things, aren't you sort of announcing intent? Whereas if you just go to the bathroom and just uh, to powder, so you can't really say that you're going to powder your nose if like. I, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, you could say, and I want absolute privacy when I'm powdering my nose. Okay. Or okay. Hair. Okay. I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to text you a picture of what it looks like Good. now so we can get a, a real Please time do. reaction. Um, ignore the mess surrounding the thing. I'm not worried about anything but this curtain. Okay. No, that works. That works. So how do you, how do you, I see it from the outside. How do you pull it from the. You pull the curtain across first, then you close oh, the door. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think you solved this. I think I did. But I do see what you mean about the <laughs> I can see the design of the of the floor. Yeah, you can see the t- <laughs> <laughs> How I like, failed to, to, to think a good of level this. of detail. No, but I mean I, I see what you mean about wanting the light because I can see that there's a I can also see that there's a window behind it. Yes. Yes, which also has privacy glass on it, but that one um when you're look, when you're on the outside looking in, it's less of a concern. Yeah, I mean, we had some of these issues um, with the. So we we did not add a, a whole bathroom. We added a a very very small powder room. But what it has is like a there's a window which is nice, you know, nice for a toilet to be near a window and all that. But like we did realize that our neighbors could probably see in. But yeah, it was just a curtain thing. It wasn't it wasn't too. Um, there were no surprises. Well, I guess a little bit. I didn't somehow, when we first did this, I didn't imagine that they would be able to see in. And then suddenly, like, we realized what the angle was and that we had been inadvertently exhibitionistic. Um, but only to, yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What's, uh, what are these situations where you have, like, a, a neighborhood where either the houses are semi-attached or you have small lot sizes, which we do. Um, everyone is so close by. Like, I know my neighbors have seen me naked a million times. And you know what? That's that's just my gift to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure that you know. What am I gonna say? Same. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but I just I try to avoid. You know, like there are times of day when a lot of people pass by when it's like this procession for like the school drop off, and I try to be you know clothed at that time because people will look in like to see if my kid is about to head. It's very it's very like. Um, old school like neighborhood kids kind of neighborhood and like 
you know, they want to see if the kid is, if like our kid is coming out now and can walk to school too, you know, not alone. She's five, but like, you know, so you get other parents like glancing in, you know, as they walk by. Yes. yes. And you just want to be sure that at that moment, (laughs) I do think there, I think there may have been one time when I was like, this is going to seem so ridiculous, buckling a kilt. It's like a kilt type skirt. And it's like this very, like sort of uncharacteristically for me, sort of borderline, like, religiously modest looking thing and I was closing it and I became suddenly aware just I was upstairs and in the bedroom and I was like aware that I could probably sort of be seen by people I knew who were passing but it was also like I wasn't like like the act was a little bit you know more whatever maybe than one would want but it, like there was nothing visible to anyone you know it wouldn't I have mean been. I assume like given the kilt involved that immediately after buckling it you recreated that famous scene from Braveheart where they're all psyching themselves <laughs> up to get into battle and they're like you know lifting their kilts up um on both sides and like true Scotsmen which is I assume how also you wear your kilt they are not wearing anything underneath you do know about the weather in Canada <laughs> I, I don't think the weather in Scotland is like... That's true, though. No, that's... Uh, uh, touche. That's touché. that's why they're so brave. It's not the heart that's brave. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the reason we're talking about... The reason we're talking about interiors, although... And I'm holding back from ranting about my lamp search, which I already did to you um, before we started recording. And I will talk instead about my conspiracy theory. Do you want to know that I have a conspiracy theory? I'm so excited to hear There's it. So many, but okay. Um, it's not about vaccines. Uh, it's about the living small column in the New York Times. What have they? What have they done? What are they doing? So, what have they done now? So, they've been. We, we've mentioned them before a couple times on this podcast. There was the man who built a cabin for his dog that was extremely high end but small. It was also for himself, we should add, you know, Mm -hmm. himself and Mm -hmm. his dog. Yeah, it wasn't literally a doghouse. They were living in sin. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, then there was, ah, I forgot already. There were people who, oh, right. Was it it Cape Cod? The 3,000 square foot living small. Yeah, that one. They, yes. No, 6,000 square feet, I think. Oh, excuse me. 6,000. That's right. That's right. I think 3,000. I mean, that would be living larger than I personally am, but it, I don't know that that would have been as funny. No, I as, remember because um, the, yes. the, the house was six, t- no, five times the size of each of our houses. Yes, yes. So we were we were impressed with the with its not smallness, but then this latest living small column. Okay, less money seems to be at stake than in the in some of the previous ones. So it's not so much. I mean, if you add it all up, I guess it's a lot. But it's like they the point the they have these people. Okay. How many houses, how many homes do they own? Is it, is, am I guessing? Yes, guess how many homes the people in this latest living small own. Okay, well, if I say one, that, I mean, it's obviously not one. Um, but like, I mean, how to live small, it can't be more than two. That's where you're wrong. So they own four homes. Now, in fairness, one of them is a van that they spend some of their time in, like an upscale, one of these van life renovated. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, no privacy peeing situations. Yes. Well, that too. <laughs> so, um, no, they own an, a nice apartment, I think, in the Netherlands. But, um, and then I'm quoting from the article, before long, this guy, it, it has his name, but who cares about <laughs> his name? Before long, this guy. <laughs> this guy who had bought the couple's old apartment before marrying this lady. And I am going to mention her name in a second for a reason that will become clear. 
and is relevant to our topic. Um, they'd paid off the more he had whatever he had paid off the mortgage. He came to another realization with rent coming in and few expenses. He no longer needed to work. He retired in late 2019, just before turning 50. Good for him. So anyway, there's a line in the article that really amused me. So it's okay. All our friends ask when we're going to stay in The Hague and when like, they're being tried for war crimes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when we're going to stay in The Hague and when we're going to stay in Sardinia. The true answer is we don't know. We just want to go with the flow. Okay. So I don't know. Living small. Like, I don't know. I, I do understand what, like, the idea is that each of these homes is small and one is literally a van. And then the fourth home is this large apartment that they rent out. So it's like on a technicality, I see how it made it into this column. But like, this is also just such obvious trolling. Her last name is Wassenaar. And there's some place that I was once with my husband, and I think I think it was in the Netherlands, um, that was like the Wassenaarsweg, which is like sounds like it's like the wash. Anyway, anyway, what? I'm sorry, because weg is like way, uh-huh. so it's like the Wassenaars. Anyway, oh, the <laughs> anyway. So, but that's that's when I saw her name, I was like, that looks familiar, and then I remembered why. Well, it's you know, it's very it's very hard to wassenars when you're uh, in a, a <laughs> tiny like composting toilet inside a van. You would think so, um, but yeah. So, my theory, my conspiracy theory, is that living small is intentional trolling, and that the intended reader response is, "What the fuck? These people are not living small. These are people living large." It's and like, I think that it's like it's like a jumbo shrimp. Anyway, I think I genuinely think I <laughs> that is what I think is happening here. I like it. Living small, trolling bigly, as uh, a certain former president likes to say. I forgot which one you mean, but anyway, I have so many small houses. I have the bags. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't expecting you to do the voice, but thank you. Um, yeah. So we have more conspiracy theories, though for today yes yeah this is i mean this is the tamer of the conspiracy theories we're discussing that the living small column is actually out to like grossly troll its readers the second conspiracy theory we're discussing maybe it's like is this it's the only it's the only one we're discussing actually um yeah i don't think there's anything else that's a conspiracy theory well possibly the concept of millenopause, which I am saying out loud for what I hope will be one of very few times, but we'll uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. We, we're talking about Taylor Swift, who who's she? Uh, apparently, a psyop. I'm not sure she even exists. Oh. She might, in fact, be a robot made in a lab by the Democratic Party. Mm. Hear me out, Phoebe. Oh, I think okay. there is. I think there is some truth to this. Okay, because okay, okay evidence number one. She's like way too beautiful to be real. Okay. Number two, she's gotten involved in this crowd pleasing romance with a football star, thus combining two of the biggest brands in America, Taylor yeah. Swift plus the NFL, to create world, no, not world, but national, certainly, domination. And most importantly, I've never seen. Taylor Swift and Donald Trump in the same room at the same time. That makes so much. Okay. So there is actually a Taylor Swift connection to Donald Trump. There is. And I'm, I'm completely serious. And it connects to the other 
theory about Taylor Swift, one of many, there are obviously so many that we've discussed before um, on the podcast about that she's secretly, you know, a gender fluid, asymmetrical haircut. It's all underneath (laughs) the the blonde hair and the bangs is a wig and underneath it is like the, the purple undercut um, that isn't that naturally occurs. Um, Yeah. So in ancient times, Taylor Swift had a BFF who was this model named Carly Kloss. Yes. Remember, does this sound familiar? Okay, so they were rumored to be um, whatever it is, lesbian together, however one phrases that. Um, They were supposed to be a couple, except they clearly weren't. But anyway, whatever people want to believe what they want to believe. Obviously, this was a case of here are two beautiful, famous women standing next to each other. People who like women, their minds wander when they see this. Whatever. The point is that Carly Kloss's husband is Joshua Kushner. Joshua Kushner's brother is Jared Kushner, whose wife is Ivanka Trump. Wow. So I have put the board up with the pins and the string. Pepe Sylvia. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where this lands because I don't know what any of it means. I think that they had a falling out. Um, Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss because they both confided in me personally about this at the time. But yeah, um, anyway, play, that's the connection. If you play Taylor Swift's music backwards, what kind of satanic messages appear is the question. Yeah, so there are a lot of conspiracy theories, it seems like, about Taylor Swift and a lot of, um, and there was even a New York Times article about why MAGA is mad at Taylor Swift, because it is mysterious. And I this was what, uh, this was how I got involved in this topic. And I, I hate, it's like, I don't really care about Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, like, I can't, like it's, it's just, there's only so much attention I can pay to her. And yet she's just, she's everywhere. Right. And that maybe that's sort of, that's part of the conspiracy theory is that, you know, she's being pumped into the water. She's being put into the Pfizer vaccines or whatever. Um, but yeah, so basically I could, I didn't understand why anybody right wing is annoyed at somebody who is, as I put it, something like a thin blonde woman, thin blonde white woman who's dating a football, a young, I said, which was also contentious. Um, and we can discuss that, uh, who's dating (laughs) a football player. Like I thought that that's something that right wing types like, and that this would be, (laughs) you know, this isn't like she's, this isn't, we are not hearing the story of the formerly actress, now actor who was in, uh, Juno, are we? Like, this is a very different sort of plot line here. Right. I think it's worth noting just because, uh, Ross do, do that, do, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I um, think it's Douthit. Douthit. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I like to, I like to say hat. Do that. Yes. <laughs> but um, anyway, he wrote, I, I thought, a very enjoyable column about how bizarre it is that the, like, MAGA, right, is reacting so strongly to the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship because it's not just like very conservative coded. It's like literally the plot of a of a Hallmark Christmas movie. Like that's how traditional and sweet yes. it is. Um, but because because it is an election year, like obviously I was I was kind of goofing around earlier when I was, you know, trying to encapsulate the conspiracy theory. But this actually is the conspiracy theory, like just to if anybody is confused, actually, about why people are up in arms, the idea and it's really fucking stupid, but this is what people think is that 
this whole thing is strategic, her relationship with Travis Kelsey, that they have like united to create this like mega influencer power couple and that they're both going to come out in favor of Joe Biden to try to tip the election. And the reasons for thinking this are A, that Taylor Swift has been like a milk toast democratic activist, like in the most bare bones possible way. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, and also that Travis Kelsey apparently did a couple PSAs um, urging people to get vaccinated during the pandemic and also i mean to take to take the trump vaccine but whatever yeah i was gonna ask like do the people who have this conspiracy theory imagine that republican politicians have not been vaccinated against covid like what, where do they here's what you need to understand about these people who believe this their brains are the size of walnuts <laughs> okay well so because i mean there is there is something that i find confusing about this which is that even if taylor swift endorsed biden like wouldn't the people who care who Taylor Swift endorses probably have been, gonna, they were going to vote for Biden anyway? Like, a, what demographic is she imagined to be reaching here that would be? Well, I mean, actually, I think her appeal is is much more broad based than. Um, I mean, I, I would imagine that she has lots and lots of fans who would ordinarily vote Republican, not not who would be necessarily swayed in their votes because she is voting Democrat, but who do share um, the sort of broader sense that they would vote Republican, except that the Republicans have completely lost their minds and cannot be normal. And so... and But this helps this conspiracy theory about Taylor Swift makes them seem much more normal. So that is another thing. Look what she made them do. <laughs> exactly. No, but like there was some tweet, I wish I could find it, where somebody was saying that like what turns off these sort of like normie suburban voters is weirdness and that the problem the Republicans have now is that they're just like the the right in America has just gotten too weird. Like, and I kind of feel like this is really what encapsulates it. Like, this is just, yes, you have this extremely generic, wholesome thing that is being opposed from the left. People are like, oh, no, Taylor Swift is too white, too hetero, whatever. Like, and then, but then to say that for some extremely galaxy brained reason, this is actually, um, I don't know. Can we talk about whether this football player is attractive? Because I think he is. And I feel like I've um, come up against people who say that he isn't. And I, I want to... What? No, he's, total, he's totally appealing. Okay. Just checking. Okay. Just had to check in on this extremely important point. He's handsome. You know, he's a, a football player. He's got a, a nice physique and he's got a nice, a nice face and a good beard. Yeah. All these things are good. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I like kicked a minor beehive myself by saying that I thought Patrick Mahomes was physically attractive, which I... I don't know who this is, but now I'm going to have to look up. He's the quarterback for the Chiefs, which is the football team on which Travis Kelsey is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, tight end. Well, this just, um, the suggested thing when I put his name in was dad bod. It suggested that I, it suggested that I search dad bod. Interesting. I mean, the other Kelsey brother who, I don't remember what team he plays for, but he, he has a sort of a dad bod. Well, I guess I'm going to have to be after this podcast. I, I never really think about, I, I'm more of a sort of soccer player prefer, you know, my, my orientation is towards the soccer players, the, that sort of football. But you know, you know, one can evolve. Um, you're you're umbrosexual. <laughs> yes, was, that thank was you. my best. No, that was good. That was good. I like it. Um, yeah, I think so. Taylor Swift. Um, can we get into the the meat of the matter here? Yes, the meat. The meat is um, the meat is that I 
it, it's all about me and my many um, things that happen online. But I need to now, of course, I, I say this and then... Yeah, speaking of people who have brains the size of walnuts, you, as I was, I was saying before we got on the phone, you kicked like the stupidest beehive, the, the hive full of the stupidest bees on the internet. I did. So I had... Um, okay, I my, my initial tweet, okay, was... Why is thin, young, blonde with football player boyfriend something, quote, end wokeness is worried about? I, in turn, was, quote, tweeting Alice from Queens, who had been sharing something that the account end wokeness is mad at Taylor Swift. And to me, this just genuinely seemed mysterious. I did not know this thing about that people are worried she's going to endorse Biden. I did, did not know what this was. It just seemed genuine. Like, I was... Like you, you too have had this and you have talked about this, including with the illustrious Dan Savage, about when you ask a genuine question on the internet and people lose their minds. Yeah, people treat it like you're making an argument. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed very strange and I just wanted to know what's going on here this is really weird. And then I got a quote tweet <laughs> from somebody named Et Attention Master with the uh, under the name really just an anthropomorphic donkey with a face that is a sketch of a man, okay, mm-hmm. which codes somebody like an avatar image that codes somebody as male. Obviously, I have not. Yeah, no, it's just totally reasonable to have assumed this was a man is just the point. I would have if I had to guess, I would have said I would have guessed a man. And remember, my initial tweet here was in reference to this end wokeness thing. And my question was, why are people concerned about wokeness worried about a thin, blonde, young, white woman with a football player? Why is that a concern associated with wokeness? Because it didn't make sense to me. Okay? So this individual wrote, who will be the first person publicly to acknowledge that Taylor Swift is no longer, quote, thin, and that those sequined leotards they've imposed on her for some inscrutable reason hardly flatter her midsection? Question mark. Okay, um, so that seemed interesting to me, and um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of like this tweet got a lot of interesting, like you say about the people with the walnut brain type responses. Some of it, a lot of it, was actually litigating whether she is young. One yes. person also questioned whether she's blonde, which seemed like just this is going to get to some kind of weird oh, race God. Twitter. I don't want to. Yeah, whatever. I just have to say, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to walk back the walnut brain thing because it's honestly it's not fair to walnuts because walnuts have wrinkles in them, whereas <laughs> these, these people's brains are completely smooth. OK, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, so. I read this. Okay, so first first people were annoyed about the the blonde thing we dismiss. Okay, whatever. Some racist person has some notion somewhere about what constitutes blonde hair. I'm not worried about that. Or just that the carpet doesn't match the drapes, but whatever. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, young was very litigated about, is a 34-year-old young? And this brought out the people on the internet who are like 34-year-old women or so oh, they've hit the wall, blah, 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 you know, and saying that she... Um, calling her geriatric, which as far as I understand it, is a term in reference to pregnancy in women 35 and older. Taylor Swift existing is not geriatric by any, like you could go to a geriatric practitioner with Taylor Swift and like, here, see this patient. (laughs) What are they going to do? She's 34 years old. I mean, by any, like, yes, but at the same time, of course, 34 is older than 
18. And like, if you were 34 and you're dating an 18 year old, the people are going to call you out for being problematic. You know what I mean? Like 34 could be old in some context. If you're a 34 year old middle schooler, you're a little old for middle school. You know what I mean? Like there, there are times when 34 would be old. Very insensitive to Billy Madison. Just want to say, okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you look at the sort of typical human lifespan, um, if you look at typical career paths, is she early career or late career? You know, like to me, it's not just that she's younger than I am and that which was probably on some level what I was offhand thinking when I typed young, but like, you know, in, in the broad, like she's, you know, where humanity is concerned in, you know, modern lifespans and whatnot. Is she not young? Is that such a stretch that it needs to be litigated? Like, no, of course. If, if she were to die tomorrow, everyone would be like struck down in her prime. She was so young. Like, of course she's young. It's it's yes. just silly. Also, I just want to note that um, they don't say geriatric pregnancy anymore because I guess somebody probably pointed out that it was like very silly and also making people feel bad. So really, what did they say? Um, they might say advanced maternal age or something like that. Oh, right. Because I was yeah, I actually genuinely don't know if um when I had my first child, if I was geriatric or advanced or whatever or not, because I was 34 when I got pregnant, but 35 when I had her. So I guess it was some sort of Schrodinger's geriatricness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you slipped in under the wire. You were grandfathered in. <laughs> <laughs> Geriatrically. Yeah. Um. So the, anyway, the, the young thing, it just seemed to be like, yes, an excuse for the people who like to argue that any woman over the age of 12 is, you know, over the hill, really. Yes. Over the hill, whatever. And then we know these people. They they predate Twitter. They you know they they're always around. But I want to talk about the thin thing because I'm fascinated. Yes, the thin by thing this. is the, the thin thing. So the thin thing seemed different. And in retrospect, I should have known that there was maybe more to it with this person because that seems to be only one person seemed to be really leaping on the thin thing because no longer thin. I mean, I guess so. I looked because I I'm only human, and I looked at some pictures of Taylor Swift. And I did so, as I tweeted, with the eyes of a person who grew up in the 1990s on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I know from body shaming, I know from funny standards about these things. I remember what the general societal things were of the time, what the models looked like. I remember what it was to walk down the street in that era, in that neighborhood. And this is a thin woman. I don't know what, like, I, would, I just saw this and my mind was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. People weighed in, so to speak to point out that Taylor Swift herself has said that she's not as thin as she once was. Again, she is 34 years old. It is possible that like most people, she was like skinnier when she was younger, apparently. And we will get into this also. She either had an eating disorder or ate in a disordered way when she was younger. So therefore she is eating more normally now and I guess more fit than she was then. And therefore, you know, a bigger dress size or whatever. The, if you were to divide the world between old and young, forget old and young, now divide the world between thin and not thin, I have a lot of trouble imagining that anybody is looking at, except if they're literally trying to cast somebody in like a heroin chic fashion spread, why they would, who who is looking at Taylor Swift and saying that this woman isn't thin? Yeah. Attention master is, and I don't think anybody else. And yeah, I understand, like, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere you know, people all live in different, you know, communities, whatever. I'm sure there's somewhere where she would be considered like, you know, where, where they would have like those shots that they used to have in news programs about obese people. And they would have like 
just the body from the neck down, you know, (laughs) and they would use Taylor Swift for this purpose. Anyway, that, so that was what, that was not the whole point that this person was making. It was a point that I contend they did make in that text. And that's what jumped out at me. And yeah, so that's kind of where our story begins. I have some thoughts on this um, okay. that I, you know, I'm interested in getting your take on and and whatever. Okay, so um, I think the thing about like she's not quote unquote thin anymore, and I noticed that the, the person who did this put this in quotes, um, which I thought maybe suggested something about like context or perspective or whatever. Like Taylor Swift used to be thin in a particular way. Like in the, you know, the sort of supermodel, like looks like a bag of shovels tied together kind of way. And now she is thin in a different way um, in that like she's she's thin like Marilyn Monroe was thin, you know? Oh, no. But she's no, no, thinner no, no, than no. that. Well, yes, she is th- like, li- yes, she's literally thinner than Marilyn Monroe, but she's thin for like in uh, in the way that an actress is thin. She went she went from maybe like like the um, Estonian runway models of the early aughts and to looking like maybe one of the classic supermodels like a Cindy Crawford. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Okay, Okay, so we're in agreement. (laughs) Yes, yeah. But what I'm saying is like she – the the way the fact that she's gained weight like she has noticeably gained weight doesn't mean she's not thin anymore it just means she's still thin but not as thin as she used to be and not in the same way and what did strike me is that this type of body change if this were 2004 instead of 2024 there would be pictures of her on TMZ the way like Jessica Simpson showed up when she showed up like she you know she didn't look like Daisy Duke anymore um she looked like she looked like a a woman you know still like a good looking thin woman but she looked more womanly and everyone was like look how fat and disgusting if this were 20 years ago we would be seeing that with Taylor Swift and like and even you know a few years ago I guess like was it 2016 or whatever there would be speculation when she like when she began to gain a little bit of weight because she was eating more like a normal person as she said herself there would be these like tabloid shots showing that she had like a little bit of a lower belly you know that was visible um right and, which indeed she got apparently yeah, yeah and and you know they would be like oh my god she's pregnant like look at this weight gain look at the is that a baby bump or is she just fat so i think that you know there is something to be said for the fact that like yes this woman had a body that looked one way and now it looks noticeably different and If you are coming at this from the perspective of it's a celebrity's job to always look as thin as possible and that that's like – that is synonymous with looking as good as possible, I can understand how you might end up saying something like this. But what kind of makes me crazy is that when we talk about the leotards she's wearing, the point of wearing a leotard like that when you're doing – uh, an arena tour, you know, with audiences of like 30,000 or more people is not to look as thin as possible. 
it's to look as eye catching as possible. Like it's a, it's basically like a tap dancing outfit. Yes. Um, and you know, she wears these leotards, like Beyonce wears these leotards. Rihanna used to wear leotards like this. You go back, um, you know, 40, 50 years, you'll see Liza Minnelli performing in leotards like this. You go back another, you know, 30 years before that, you'll see like vaudeville tap dancers wearing outfits like this. It's just, this is what you wear when you're doing a certain kind of performance on stage. And I just, I don't know, it's like very myopic. And I think the person who sent this annoying comment to you eventually mentioned that she worked in fashion. Well, yes, we're going to get, oh, we're going to get to that. Okay, that that was going to be the big reveal. Oh, we're, we're going to talk about that. So yes, I think, but I want to yes and what you just said about the leotards, because this came up in um, a comment that BDM, who has a full name as well, but I think mainly writes under BDM. So we're just going to say BDM commented on one of my posts about this, that it's not that Taylor Swift has like failed to look like spectacularly conventionally attractive and thin in her best self in that sort of way. But this is actually like not what she's trying. This is not her game. That's not what she's trying to do. She's, you know, a singer songwriter. She's a performer. She's got this performance that she does. And like that, that is her work. That is her art that is what she's doing um and that this is it's not that she failed to measure up to something it's that the thing that is being measured here is not um the thing she's even trying to do so it's not that she's trying necessarily trying to look bad or less than perfect so i i mean the leotards yeah and they're not to me these as a somebody who's not you know a fashion historian i see this and i think it's a very similar silhouette to like a speedo where it's tight and it shows your limbs, but it's not like meant to be optimally sort of cinched waist, bust out kind of flattering in that way, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like, it it does seem to be like about function and that her, like, yeah, yeah, basically, yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I would love to at some point do some kind of deep dive on why it is that like the basically the tap dancing outfit is the one that became it's like it's sort of tap dancing it's also sort of like um like rockets but why this yes. is why this yes. is the thing that became like de rigueur for pop stars to wear because like is it that the type of dance they're doing is just like that's the closest thing because tap outfits were designed to show off your legs um which we were like you know doing all these interesting complicated things and also which were very very toned if you were like a professional tap dancer if you were a ballet dancer you'd be wearing something different if you were a modern dancer you'd be wearing something else if they're not so different, though, right, from the ballet, because it is still a leotard. I mean, it's just... Sure, but, you know, a ballet, you would have, like, the tutu or something something that, right. like, that flies out as you're doing um, pirouettes or whatever. Like, is it so that your your butt can show while you're... I don't know. Um, I think it's more about the, sh- the shape the skirt makes when you're spinning, like, a lot in rapid succession. Like- no, but, I mean, the absence of the skirt, would it be just like to show more of the body like you oh, can see more yes i think so because because the movements you're doing are more minute right like mm-hmm. um and the same way like modern dancers wear drapey stuff because like they're making these big movements and like the fabric flows and you know if you're very unlucky you wear one of those big drapey outfits in a car and it gets tangled in the wheel and you strangle yourself like Isadora Duncan but this is a deep dive into the history of modern dance and fashion that we don't have time for well, you, you you might want to take Take it up with my interlocutor. So I wrote a blog post, which I was very happy with the 
title that I came up with it because it was The Fat Lady Sings. And I <laughs> remember thinking of it when I was doing something like with my children, whatever, I couldn't sit down and write it. And I was like, but this is going to be the title. This is going to be the title. I was very excited. I came up with the title. But I didn't really know what subtitle to give it because I didn't, you know, do you ever when you're writing something have a, like a title but not a subtitle and the thing needs a subtitle? It's like, oh. Anyway, so I came up with On the Men Who Haven't Seen a Woman Since One Birthed Them. This is not literally that. What I wrote about was, and I, as illustrated by the fact that I did a screenshot of the end wokeness complaints. And if you think I know whether end wokeness is a man or a woman or many people or, or many, you know, farm animals, I don't know. I don't know what end wokeness is. And maybe they actually want to promote wokeness. What do I know? I do love the idea that it might be a bunch of farm animals running an account. It could be. So... I was writing about the general thing of the conspiracizing, the thing about this deep fake porn. I have not seen it. Thank goodness. I do not need to see Taylor Swift being deep faked into a porn, but whatever. The point is, there are all sorts of weird things going on with Taylor Swift. And then I was contextualizing this thing from the um, account about the, the Taylor Swift no longer, quote, thin, within a bigger context okay contextualizing within a context how about that for language usage <laughs> there um but basically the people because and this had come up when people and other people were pointing this out too that it's like when the people call margot robbie or emrata mid right and and it, it is and it isn't because like taylor swift and i think this is important she is not famous for being beautiful that is not like her thing you know what i mean like it, it's not that she isn't attractive but like that is you know it's more or about what she does than what she looks like. Obviously that she looks a certain way helps, but yeah, anyway, the point is I was contextualizing this and I was saying, what, how do we explain the phenomenon of people on the internet saying that a woman who anybody, if they actually saw her on the street would say, this is a, an attractive, striking, conventionally good looking thin woman. Mm -hmm. Why are these women who obviously in the world of actual people would read one way or being described in this other way. And I did a kind of tongue-in-cheek, but not entirely, speculation that this is coming from men who have never seen a woman before in person. Now, let me just be clear. Anybody read? Obviously, every man has seen women before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, this was a bit silly. Like, I was being a little bit, you know... Um, hyperbolic. Hyperbolic is the word. Well, that's not allowed on the internet. No. So I was not literally saying this. And another thing I was not literally saying was that this account that had said the thing about Taylor Swift being no longer thin was a man. Because I don't know who, the, who is this? I don't know. You know, there was a male avatar, which read is a bit male, but I don't, I never claim. I looked back at the post. I did not say this is a man. I didn't say, as this gentleman said, whose mm -hmm. chromosomes and gender identity have fact-checked for this. No, I don't know who these people are. But anyway, so I heard from this person on Twitter in a reply, so it's public, saying, Phoebe, I enjoyed your Substack post, but, okay, there was of course a but, I do want to clarify, my profile pic is soupy sales, but I'm not a man, let alone an incel. I'm a woman in her 40s who works in the fashion industry, has a grad degree in performance studies, and an abiding in interest in deciphering culture. So this, I have a few thoughts, Okay. I am going to assume that that's true. I don't know that that's true. I have not, for <laughs> journalistic transparency, I have not fact-checked that this is true. I don't know that this isn't a 15-year-old incel posing as a woman in her 40s who works in the fashion industry and has a grad degree in performance studies. That would be weird. It would be too <laughs> weird 
I think it probably is that this is who they say they are. They, I have not gotten any like private message to, from this person. Um, I don't even know if Twitter has that function, if this person wanted to do so. It doesn't matter. I don't know if this is really who it is, but I'm going to assume for the purposes of argument it is. Now, this adds up to a degree in certain respects and others. And and I guess the question is, is this really as, is this a word I'm going to mess up when I say it, exculpating? Does this really make the person look better if they're not an incel, but are a woman, but is a woman in her 40s? Now, they claim, she claims, we'll use she, okay, we'll, we'll grant her the she. Um, she claims that what she was talking about was not, she wasn't snarking like a early aughts tabloid at Taylor Swift's midsection. No, no, she was talking about costuming choices and about the art of the costume and the performance and all of this and the symbol, you know, like, what does it mean? You know, the semiotics of this sequin leotard, right? Mm -hmm. And she was by that token, kind of making this argument that I have seen elsewhere. um, That's like, that Taylor Swift is kind of, I think she uses the word dorky, that Taylor Swift sort of tries to look dorky and that this is part of her image to be relatable. And, you know, like the short skirts, t-shirts song continued, you know, like that she's not the person the girl in the audience is competing with. She's the person the girl in the audience relates to. And if you happen to be naturally a nine foot tall, thin, beautiful blonde woman, you are going to have to make certain choices with your costumes to kind of distract from that fact and make yourself look a little bit more relatable. Additionally, there's the fact that Taylor Swift is not a supermodel, but is a singer songwriter. And within the sphere, like if she's hanging out with supermodels, she might look kind of ordinary looking relative to supermodels because that is not her profession. Um, I, I realize this is going all different places, but I kind of, but I can follow it. The dorkiness argument I can get that makes sense. But the other argument and the one that I, th- so then the question is, was this person who whose subsequent tweets were in that vein, mostly, although not entirely, and we'll get into that, were th- was she actually clarify, as what she claims is that she was just clarifying what she had really meant to say initially and that she had kind of um, been a little too snarky at first, but she meant something else? Or was this just like a backtrack of somebody who body shamed and was kind of called out for it? We we will never know. I mean, yeah, no. But here here is what I will say: when in an interaction with somebody, they come back and and they they dedicate a, like a good amount of time to saying, "I was like I spoke hastily. This is what I meant." I am inclined to just take them at their word rather than trying to like continue to kind of peel up the four corners of of whatever it is they said to try to find some you know maybe like less savory opinion lurking underneath just because I don't know in part I, I feel like it's a waste of time. Are you wait, Kat? Are you are you saying that us sitting here discussing an anonymous person on Twitter's tweets is is not a really good use of time because i feel like this was what i was put on this earth we could do. you know discussing the tweets i think is yeah totally a, a good use of our time discussing the psychology the psychology of, is yes. tricky i would just i would just take this person at their word you know like so when someone says like this is what i meant they're the authority after all and what okay. they meant and this has happened to me often enough um you know where someone's like well 
I took it to mean this. And I'm like, okay, well, I've now spent like 30 minutes of my extremely precious time explaining to you that despite what you thought I was saying, I was actually saying this. And, you know, now that you've had it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, like you have two choices. One is to accept that and move on. The other is to like, (laughs) you know. But what, okay. But what I would suspect you have not done is in that thread where you're saying that this initial thing was not what you meant, repeated the initial thing. So that is where I I got thrown off because I wanted to be with you on this. I mean, I was still annoyed because I do think that there's the call. I do think that there's like a very nefarious history of calling thin women, not thin. So as to kind of neg womankind in a weird way. Like I, I have a whole sort of theory about this, but I was kind of like, okay, maybe I'm being too nasty to this pseudonym on the internet, but Then she says something about Taylor Swift being homely. And homely, I looked it up to be sure, because apparently it does have a different meaning in in British and American English. Homely is a synonym for ugly. It is. It's just like what it literally dictionary definition is. It means ugly. That's interesting because I always thought it was like sort of ordinary looking. Homely is in like, you know, the person who is at home. Because they weren't invited out. (laughs) Yeah, or because, you know, they're just nothing to like, they're nothing to show off. Isn't that plain, though? I thought plain and homely were synonyms. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, that that's where I just... And, and I guess what I what I keep... So, I, I'm going to agree with you about the, the futility of psychoanalyzing, frankly, like anybody one reads on the internet, but certainly somebody where there's this little to go on. But, like, it just seems like there are two separate threads going on here and that are entirely consistent in somebody who is, indeed, a grown adult woman who works in fashion, which is thing one, this sort of, you know, calm analysis of the performance and costume choices and their significance. And the other, which is this sort of heartfelt belief that the only, that, that what matters is whether a woman's thin or not, because that is a world in which that is a hundred percent. There are people who think like this and who do see a woman who looks like Taylor Swift and they see the extra flesh that they think should go. And I don't find this, and I also don't think that the that this person being a woman, like, I mean, not to do the whole cliched, like, women are each other's worst enemies thing, but, like, yeah, in this respect, kind of. Anyway. I mean, I think that just reveals that this person is coming at this from a certain perspective, and maybe in, in some sense is to be pitied for that, because, you know, we, we talk about, like, what is the purpose of these costumes that she's wearing? We both agree that the purpose of them is not to look as thin as possible. But the person who is making a comment like this cannot fathom of a world in which that is not the purpose of wearing clothes at any given time, no matter what the context. It's always just to look as thin as possible. I, for one, am grateful that we've actually moved on from the extremely punishing beauty standards, which, you know, which were in place not that long ago, which suggested that, yes, like, like as thin as possible is how you should look. That's the best you can look is as thin as possible. Um, Now we don't really have that so much anymore, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people still walking around kind of carrying that conviction in their, in their hearts and in their minds. And, um, you know, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with this, except to say that I, I think it's unfortunate but it's mainly unfortunate for the person who believes that. And I don't think that Taylor Swift does, which is good, more power to her. Um, Because even though 
I do, in fact, agree that her leotards don't make her look as thin as possible. I still think she looks really nice in them, um, and they're a lot of fun. And I'm glad that she's wearing them instead of, I don't know, like a like a burlap sack <laughs> or <laughs> or like you know or some you know insane like architectural corseted contraption that might like suck things in and make her look thinner but would also maybe inhibit her movement so that she's giving like a less energetic and exuberant and joyful performance and for somebody who for somebody who like i think at the risk of psychoanalyzing taylor swift a little bit like somebody who clearly derives a lot of joy from performing um, and from like kind of giving it her all and working incredibly hard um, and having a lot of energy in front of a crowd. I think that costumes that inhibited her in from doing that in any way would be a little bit of a tragedy. Agreed. I mean, I just keep picturing like Madonna and the cone bra. And that like, <laughs> there are times when an uncomfortable outfit would be like part of a performance and that, you know, makes sense. But if it, none of it would fit with her image, with her music, and with what she's trying to do with these performances. It, um, Yeah, I mean, this is where I think the sort of performance studies thing and the fashion thing almost are at odds, right? Like, if you're studying fashion, it's a different... Yeah, anyway. Well, there's, there's, what you, there's what you know, and then there's what you feel. Like, you can intellectually be aware of something and yet still, like, have, you know, weird ideas about it. But yeah. I'm, I, it's interesting that you mentioned Madonna because she is still performing right now. And, yes. And, like, for a woman of nearly 70, um, fairly... Or is, she, is she 70? Wait, how old is she? Um, I think she's the oldest living woman. Oh, she's 65. Okay. Yeah, well, she's not so far off then. 65. Yeah. So nearly, I mean, eventually, eventually she'll be 70, God willing. Um, but, you know, she's performing in these like insane getups, um, wearing like her leotard, her sequined leotard and a knee brace, you know, <laughs> because she's so old. And um, I don't know. Again, it's like this is not the most flattering thing you could be wearing. Um, I mean, for her, it's. It's literally like it's not just that it doesn't make her look thin. It's that she doesn't look at all comfortable. Um, I'm sure that she would rather be sitting in a chair in a sweatsuit just like singing um, while a hologram that looks like her younger self dances around <laughs> on the stage. But yeah, I don't know if there's maybe a, maybe a little sidebar here about like the tyranny of the leotard, irrespective of what your body looks like in it becoming a thing. Um, but maybe that might be for another time because we're already getting kind of close to, to the end game here. Yes. Did you want to talk about um, whether Taylor Swift is a millennial? What is the word? Millenopause? Has she had a millenopause? Is she on? I like the British English because you wrote about this for Unheard. Oh, they call it the menopause. The menopause. I love that. If you listen to, so I'm a big fan of BBC Woman's Hour, and they always talk about the menopause. <laughs> I just think it should. Ha it needs the definite article. I love it. Yeah, it makes it so much better than when you just call it. It's too casual. It's too casual just to call it menopause. What are we on a first name basis? No, like um, it. You know, it needs the honorific. It's Doctor Menopause, actually. <laughs> it has a degree, a grad degree in performance studies. 
Sorry, was that not as good a joke as I felt it was? <laughs> you know, I just kind of skated right past it, but no, it was a very good joke. Okay, thank you. Um, I was I was trying to think how to answer your question of do I think Taylor Swift is in a a millenopause, which is something slightly different than the menopause. It's like the millennial precedent to menopause. Basically, it's just the millennial entry into middle age. And Taylor Swift, as, as a 34-year-old, I don't think is quite there yet. I am of the belief that middle age begins around 40. I think that seems fair in terms of just like everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any way to tie her to tie her into the thesis of this piece without like spending another 15 minutes on on this podcast. I don't think I can. So maybe I'll just um maybe, maybe I'll just say people like should read your piece. Yeah, just go read my article, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe the only connection I could think is like maybe that just this idea that like Taylor Swift is still so associated with youth because her fans are so young and there's something like where she's the girl, even though she's, you know, objectively, she's not old, but she's not, you know, a teenager, but she's very much associated with like the high school drama. Yes. Well, you know, what I was thinking about actually is, you know, generationally the way that things work for Taylor Swift, it's sort of like the way things were for millennials with Eminem. Eminem is not mm. um, a millennial, which I was shocked to realize he's a Gen Xer. He's like 50. What? No. Right? Um, but he's still performing with the leotard and the knee brace. <laughs> yes, and he looks terrific. Um, so yeah, that's you know that might be a good place to end with that visual. Let's just leave that image in everyone's head and call it a day. Perfect. Has this been feminine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It 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 has it has. Definitely. Uh, and if you enjoyed this conversation and would like to hear more like it, not that I can possibly imagine why anyone would, but <laughs> feel, feel free to join us on Substack at femchaospod.substack.com, where for $5 a month, you will get access to subscribers only episodes exclusive for our paying uh, members and also commenting privileges, open threads, AMAs, and general frivolity. I think that's it. I think so. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.